Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in as always. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I know for many people across the United States and really around the world have been focused on Easter. And I always like to say, or I have been saying, I guess the last few years, while it's great to remember Jesus during this time, will we remember him on Monday? And today is Monday. You know, many churches are packed every Easter, every Christmas, but what about the rest of the year? The Savior that we have, our King, Jesus, who reigns in heaven, he is to be honored and worshipped, not just a few days, but every day. And this morning, what I want to do, I want us to go back to the empty tomb of Jesus. Visiting the empty tomb of Jesus is something that all of us have an opportunity to do. No, I'm not talking about traveling to Israel, but rather opening up our Bibles and reading from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the story and the events surrounding the empty tomb on the first day of the week. Our study will come from Matthew chapter 28 today, and what I like to do is to consider the empty tomb of Christ. I want you to read along with me if you have your Bible. If you're driving, you can listen, and as we study from Matthew chapter 28, I want you to consider what value, what benefit is there going back to the empty tomb of Jesus. There is such value and tremendous benefit to build up our faith to consider the events that took place, not just on the the cross, not just when he was buried, but also when he rose from the grave. So let's look at chapter 28, beginning in verse 1 of Matthew. The Bible says, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Notice, number one, that it was after the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was always the seventh day of the week, which would have been a Saturday, which means that Jesus died on the cross on a Friday. He was put in the grave that Friday night, and he was there all all Friday, the rest of the evening, all day Saturday, and now, as Matthew said in verse number one, as the first day of the week was dawning. And so he was risen on the first day of the week, which would have been a Sunday. Notice number two, that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Mary Magdalene is mentioned in Luke chapter eight, in the first three verses. She was one of the women that was supporting the ministry of Christ and supporting his disciples as well. She was a woman that had seven demons who were cast out of her. This other Mary was Mary, the mother of James, uh, when you read in other uh, parallel accounts in the Gospels. So what else stood out to me, and look at verse number one, is the mention of these two women and how they went to view the tomb. You see, they knew where the tomb of Jesus was. While we may not know the exact location, when I went to Israel back in 2018, there were a couple of thoughts about where the tomb of Jesus would have been. But these women knew exactly where it was. They went to view the tomb. Not only that, but I also noticed that Jesus, 
Um, you know, he had women in his ministry. There were women who were supporting him in his ministry. He saw women for what they really were, valuable in the eyes of God, precious in the eyes of God. He was around them. He would eat with them and he would teach them. I think about Luke chapter 10 with Mary and Martha when he went to their house and he was teaching them the word of God and Mary was at his feet. There's something to be said about this. The testimony of women during this time would not be held in high regard, and yet the Gospels report to us that it was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who first went to the tomb. Now look at verse number two. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. What an amazing scene that would have been, the angel of the Lord sitting on the tomb that he had rolled back. An earthquake had occurred, and this is significant because look at verse 3. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. So who were these guards? Well, when you go back to chapter 27, the guards were the, were those who were put there uh, after the chief priests and the Pharisees had gathered before Pilate. And they would say in verse number 63, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again. So give orders that the tomb may be secure, be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come, steal him and tell the people. He has been raised from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. You have a guard of soldiers, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. That's significant. Because when we go back to the empty tomb of Jesus, we see the power of God at work. The angel of the Lord removing the stone. It didn't matter how secure it was, according to men. It was nothing according to the power of God or in comparison to God's power. Now the angel was sitting on the stone that he had rolled away. And the guards in verse 4 saw this. And they were shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. Take note of that because we're going to read more about the guards later on. And so the angel is seen by the guards. Now look at verse 5. The angel told the women, Do, don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. So now the angel is speaking to the women. He says in verse number six, He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. You want to know another reason why we should all go visit the empty tomb of Jesus in the word of God? Because it reminds us about the faithfulness of Jesus. Yes, he was crucified, but he had spoken about his crucifixion back in Matthew chapter 16, John chapter 2 and verse number 19. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. He did exactly just as he said. We serve a God, we serve a Savior who is faithful. Many times we are not faithful. But we need to go back to that empty tomb when we find ourselves struggling with doubt, when we find ourselves questioning God or Jesus, and remember that he will do, Jesus will do, just like the Father, 
exactly what he says he will do. Verse 6, he is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. So the angel said, hey, you look for yourself if you don't believe me. And so they looked inside the tomb and and, and they would see that there was no body there. The disciples had not stolen his body. Rather, Jesus had risen from the grave. Now the angel gave them instructions in verse 7. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So now the women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, were to go to the disciples. Back in chapter 26, After Jesus had instituted the Lord's Supper in verses 31 and 32, he had told his disciples that he would be, that he would see them in Galilee. Let me just turn over there real quick. I want to make sure that I'm actually quoting this correctly here. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 31 and verse number 32. Yes, he said, but after I have risen, verse 32 I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And that's exactly what he did. And so now the women in verse 8, the Bible says, So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And that's always, that's a response when you have an encounter with an angel. But also this great joy because Jesus is risen. So think about this. Here's another reason why we should go visit the empty tomb of Jesus. Because it is a source of joy. It is a source of joy. We are told to rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. What way is it a source of joy? Because it changes how we view the world. Because it changes how we view death. Death is not the end. Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. There's nothing too big for him. There's reason for us to be joyful because he has risen. One day we too will rise from the grave. And so these women, they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. They ran to tell his disciples the news. Ah, you know what? We need to be running and telling people the news that Jesus is risen, don't we? Yeah, we need to be sharing with people that Jesus is not dead, but he is alive and that he is reigning in heaven and that he is king and that he has established a kingdom and that he wants to rule and reign in the hearts of men. Just then in verse number nine, Jesus met them and said, talking about these women, met them and said, greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Is Jesus worthy of worship? You better believe it. In fact, the disciples later on in the text will worship him as well. He is worthy of worship and we have reason to worship him and to have great joy because the tomb is empty. Then Jesus, in verse 10, told them, Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Verse 11, As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city. So these are the same guards who were uh, struck with great fear, shaken by fear when they saw the angel and the events surrounding him rolling away the stone. These are the guards that the Pharisees and the scribes had um, set up by the power of Pilate. And so now these guards are back in the story. Verse 11, as they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. So they're now giving a, an account of the events 
And they know what happened. They know what did not happen. What did not happen was that the disciples took his body. They knew that was not the case. But what was true was that the angel rolled away the stone, that Jesus came back to life, and that he departed from that tomb. Verse 12. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, think about that. Now we see man's plans. We see the wickedness and the evil intent of men in their hearts. You see, the Pharisees and the scribes, they couldn't stop Jesus. They tried to cancel Jesus, but they would not be successful. But now, think about these soldiers and all that they had seen. And yet a plan was being put together. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money. These men, these priests and elders are giving a lot of people a lot of money, aren't they? They gave Judas 30 pieces of silver, and now they're giving the soldiers a large sum of money. And what did they tell them? Well, they told them, say this. Here are your marching orders. Hey, here's the lie that we want you to share and communicate with others. His disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. That's what we want you to say, guards. Now, here's the other thing, okay? Verse 14, if this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him. We'll take care of him and we'll keep you out of trouble. You don't worry about that. We just need for you to maintain the lie. Isn't that a sad commentary? How these religious people wanted a lie to be maintained? How these chief priests and elders who knew the law of Moses, and yet they were encouraging people to lie, paying people off. Who's the real enemy here? It was never Jesus, but it was them in their hearts. And we see that even though they were cloaked in this religion, and even though they had this mindset and attitude and this reputation of being godly, they were the ones who were ungodly. And yet what about the soldiers? Their payoff was some money, a large sum of money. And they were willing to be paid off. They were willing to maintain the lie. And a question for all of us is, what are we willing to do for money? What are we willing to do for reputation? How far will we go to maintain our status? And how much will we go or how much will we do to cover up things that need to be exposed? This lie was continuing on in verse 15. They took, they took the soldiers, they took the money and did as they were instructed. Who is instructing us in our lives? For these priests and these guards and these elders, it was the devil that was instructing them, not God. What about us? They took the money. And did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. You see, there's a lot of stories that are out there, like this one. But the truth still remains. And the truth cannot be suppressed. The truth of the gospel, the fact that Jesus is risen from the grave, it has continued on. And Matthew was not afraid, the Holy Spirit was not afraid to include these details. Why? Because truth has nothing to fear. So the 11 disciples in verse 16 traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had had directed them. 
When they saw him, they worshiped. So now the apostles are worshiping God or worshiping Jesus. But notice it says, some doubted. You know, we think about Thomas and doubting Thomas in John chapter 20, but notice it says some doubted. Jesus would have to rebuke them because of their unbelief in the gospel of Mark. And in the gospel of Luke, it says that this story, when the women came to them and told them what happened, this story seemed to them to be as nonsense that he was risen. Can you believe that? We should, because it's what it says. But after all those years with Jesus... It only took three days and seeing him die, and certainly that would have been traumatic for them now to believe that the whole story of the resurrection, the the prophecies of the resurrection was nothing more than nonsense. Some of them doubted, but their doubt would turn to conviction when they saw the evidence and when they believed that Jesus and saw him and interacted with him in verse 18, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority. So now he's speaking with them. In other accounts, he's going to interact with them for a span of 40 days and 40 nights. He will eat with them, talk with them. They will see the nail imprints in his hand and the the hole in his side from from the spear. Now they believe. When we go visit the empty tomb, we can believe as well because we have eyewitness testimony. We have evidence. We know that indeed he is not he is not dead and still in that tomb, but he is risen too. We can believe, and these things have been written so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing we may have life in his name. That's what John says in John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31. And so now Jesus will tell them, All authority has been given to me. He was the one that Daniel prophesied back in Daniel chapter 7. He has all power and authority. And he would establish his kingdom after he uh, went back into heaven. All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And because he has all authority, it pays for us to submit to his authority. He is king. We are not. Now he would give his apostles marching orders. He would tell them to go Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You see, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the kingdom of God is for all nations, black and white, Jew and Gentile, men and women. Make disciples of all the nations. You make people follow me and help people to understand who I am so that they will be my disciples. You make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Many religious groups today strip away baptism as being essential to salvation. But Jesus said, no, if you're going to be my disciple, you must be baptized by the authority of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would also say at the end of Mark's gospel, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. You see, baptism is essential for salvation. It's not because you've already been saved. It's not to show this outward sign of inward grace. It's to be saved from your sins. And notice what he said in verse 20, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Ladies and gentlemen, there is so much that we can learn from when we go back and visit the empty tomb of Jesus. We see, number one, the power of God, the fact that the tomb of Jesus is empty. Jesus is risen from the grave. Remember that not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. 
because there's nothing too big for him that he cannot help you with in your life. Number two, Jesus does exactly what he says, which means that we need to listen and do everything that he says for us to do. He has all power and authority. Number three, we need to handle our doubts the right way. Doubts can arise for a variety of reasons. Sometimes sin will cause us to have doubts. Suffering will cause us to have doubts. Disappointment will cause us to have doubts. These expectations that are not realized can cause us to have doubts. When you have doubts, turn to the cross and remember the love of God. When you have doubts, turn to the empty tomb. Take some time and sit there. Contemplate and meditate on why Jesus died and the hope that we have because of his resurrection and the salvation that awaits because of what he has done. That's reason for us to visit the empty tomb. And finally, number four, go. Go and make disciples. Those are our marching orders. Yes, this was initially to the apostles, but there's also application for us. We need to go and help people to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except through him. Spread the news like the women were supposed to spread the news about Jesus being risen from the grave. Go and make disciples. When was the last time you took some time out of your day, out of your week, to visit the empty tomb of Jesus? Maybe today is the best day to do that. The reality is every day is the best day to consider Jesus and the fact that he is risen from the grave. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog, where you can find hundreds of encouraging motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and so can you. Take care and God bless.